It's a long-held dream fulfilled at last. Salamence constantly flies around and releases intense blasts of fire as an expression <laughs> of its joy. Let's go. That's pretty great. Yeah, 2023 is the year that we should all try to be a little bit more Salamence in our life, I think. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Get ready to give your opponents the smackdown after this next Community Day Classic. From hard-headed to soaring the skies, this is Bag On Story. The stars are shining and the fantasy is twinkling in this new event. An electrifying new signature move is hitting the scene next week. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 220. It's January 4th, a rather cold Wednesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing okay. That's all right. Hey, that was like more of a, like more of like an up than last time. You're like, okay. Last time you're like, okay, this time. And I'm going to take that and run with that to the hills. That sounds great. Anything notable happen? Not really. I'm uh, waiting on work to do stuff with a job posting so I can potentially apply for a promotion that is yeah. taking forever. Yes, it, I can confirm it is taking forever. <laughs> it's not it's not due to lack of qualification. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> All right. So uh, besides that, I mean, it's just warmer this week, so it's nicer, I think, for most of us. Um, not in the negatives. So we love that. But anyway, before we get started here, a shout out to, to our entire patron community. Thank you so, so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And especially going into this new year. I know, uh, you know, even I was just going through my subscriptions and things the other day and and canceling some things that I don't use anymore. So thank you for those of you that stuck around. We appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. So, Mr. Kyle, uh, we're going to start off this year with a bang. Let's go over our our goals and how things went this past week. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right, so Mr. Kyle, you wanted to finish the timed researches. I did. I finished both of those, thankfully. <laughs> nice. Uh, shiny Reshiram? No, that did not happen. <laughs> Seven day streaks. Yes, I, I made sure to do the spinning and the catching. <laughs> wow, okay. Two out of three. Nice. Uh, for myself, shiny Hoot Hoot did not happen. Two shiny baby Pokemon. Not even one, despite hatching quite a few and max my 100 chestnut nautilus um i don't have enough xl candy yet <laughs> well this weekend you will i will yeah but not not in time for this one so it's um that's a zero for me zero out of three i i'm both embarrassed and motivated by this failure uh Did so you get yeah. any other shinies this week you know, I'm glad you asked uh, because today actually was my luckiest day of the week prior to recording. I caught a shiny Tim pole okay. and a shiny level one party hat Wurmple. Oh, nice. That's, That's pretty good. good. It's pretty good. good. It's not the I, goal I set, but I still feel like I won the week. You know, <laughs> I caught a shiny purloin this week. Oh, what color is that? 
Uh, it's like a a dark navy kind of color. Okay. The shiny uh, lie part is really nice looking, though. It's like uh, if you inverted the colors of a cheetah. So it's like brown with yellowish spots. Oh, for real. Okay. That's pretty cool. It, it's always surprising to me when, like, the main body color of the Pokemon doesn't change, but in the shiny it does, like Meryl and Azumarill, you know? Uh-huh. That's very strange when it's not consistent, but shiny's going to shine, right? <laughs> All right, cool. I think that pretty much just leaves us with going right into the news then, since our weeks were rather <laughs> non-notable otherwise. <laughs> All right, so let's just hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. We've got two pieces of news here to go over that are like fresh off the presses. They, they This just was published today, both of these pieces of news. So this is great. The first one is the January 2023 Community Day Classic announcement. And yes, it was revealed that it is going to be Larvitar, which is actually sick. It's really cool. I don't want yeah. to get ahead of our conversation here, but that's so sick. Okay. When is this happening? Please mark your calendars for Saturday, January 21st from 2 to 5 p.m. local time. The featured attack during this Community Day Classic will be, you guessed it, Smackdown, which, if you're unfamiliar, is a fast-type move. And in trainer battles, it gets 12 power, and in gyms or raids, it is 16 power. If you're wondering why this fast move is so hyped from all of your friends and things like that, if you haven't heard us mention it on the show, Tyranitar with Smackdown Stone Edge is in like the top 20 DPS, and this is including Megas um, <laughs> for Rock type. Rock type is not as competitive as some other types. And so it is really, really nice to kind of get a solid team of like one or two or even three maxed out Tyranitars to fill in any gaps you might have in that typing. It's Shout it's also out. worth noting that SmackDown is a fast move and Tyranitar doesn't learn a rock type fast move. So it enables Tyranitar to even be used as a rock type. You don't you don't get that option otherwise. Right, exactly. And now I'm sure most of you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. I already know this and it already cost me at least one elite TM. <laughs> I hear you, but you could use another one, couldn't you? Maybe. The answer is yes. No, 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 no. We could. We could. Yeah, it's maybe. Go. We'll talk about it later, but okay. it's maybe. Okay. Uh, the chart that I checked today said that Shadow Tyranitar was like third in DPS. Yes. Okay. Shadow Tyranitar. It's good. That is pretty, pretty sick. I'm like, I can't believe it. Anyway, <clears throat> there's more to this event other than just SmackDown and it being Larvitar. Not that that wouldn't have been enough, but here we go. Special research story. It's going to cost a dollar or a local equivalent in your uh, local currency. Bonuses include three times XP for catching Pokemon, lure modules and incense activated during the event will last for three hours, per usual, and take a few snapshots during Community Day Classic for a surprise. I'm going to ruin that surprise. It's going to be Larvitar. Yahoo. And that's it. Nice, short and sweet, solid event to look forward to. All right, Kyle, go ahead. Why is Larvitar fantastic? Or Tyranitar, rather. <laughs> or not. Well, well, look, look, we're all... We, we have a lot of rose-tinted glasses about Tyranitar. Tyranitar is still very good, and it's nice that this is very affordable because it's a community day. But Tyranitar is not breaking the bank anymore, <laughs> and that's kind of unfortunate. When you say breaking the bank, do you mean... Well, okay, that's a, it's a poor analogy, but it's aside from Shadow, which 
this event's not actually going to help you with. If you have a good shadow, you probably use an elite TM on it anyways. Right. right. Regular Tyranitar does not hold up to the power creep that's happened in the game. Yeah, it used to be number like number five in DPS or whatever. Now it's like number 12 or something like that, right? Uh, I mean, in terms of rock types, rock record Rhyperior is much better, not counting shadows, of course. Right. And even last year, Community Day for Gigalith is actually better if you have Meteor Beam than Tyranitar. So that's kind of a little bit sad to say. That said, Gigalith is a little bit squishier than Tyranitar, so it it works out to be very even. Yeah. And of course, we've had Rampardos back so many times. Rampardos is the highest DPS rock type that's not a Mega or a Shadow. But also will die twice as fast as on the, any of those other candidates. So Yeah, so it kind of it kind of depends. Yeah. So I mean at, at the very least, even if you have other counters built or even have a couple of Tyranitar built in an instance where like you're not trying to just run or push 12 Rampardos that are like just maxed out for some reason down some flying Pokemon's throat, it's good to keep like a handful of these around because if you need a filler, Tyranitar is a solid choice. It is not bad. It's just not quite as excellent as it used yeah. to be. Uh, I missed one more. <laughs> Terrakian is better than Tyranitar. So. Oh, that, that one hurts personally a little bit. <laughs> that one hurts a little bit. Uh, I think Tyranitar used to be the king of everything because of the way super effective damage worked. So neutral damage was the way to go, and Tyranitar had the stats to back it up. Yeah. But now being super effective is more important than just about anything else you can do. But in terms of rock type, regular Tyranitar is like fifth or sixth, not counting okay. shadows and megas. That said, Mega Tyranitar, it is a thing that's going to be worth getting one to hold on to. So, yeah. Enormous attack stat, right? Yeah. Also, if for whatever reason they give Tyranitar Brutal Swing, which it can learn in the main series game, it would probably also be behoove you to have one ready for dark type two. Oh, dark and brutal. I mean, um, the bite and brutal swing. Yeah. Cause bite crunch Tyranitar was not bad off. Bites. Yeah. It, it's all right. It's still yeah, all right. It although it gets outclassed by brutal swing, just decimates it. And, oh, you know, dark yeah. rise really good. Even weavile stands up to bite crunch, which is just unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so let's just wrap this up then with a simple a simple number for the two of us, okay? On a scale of 1 to 10, how hype are you for Larvitar Community Day? Uh, 10 being hype and 1 being like, I could skip it. 7.5. That's pretty good on the Kyle meter because like the, the, the cap, the handicapped cap is like 8. The, so. <laughs> the, the, the minus 2.5 is, is purely because they chose to do this in January. Is it's literally January twenty first. It I bet you you could check the history of temperature in the Midwest, and that's got to be like the coldest part of the winter <laughs> on average. No, right, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> it's a polar vortex of a date, not a system. That's right. Uh, for myself, I think I'm I'm probably at like maybe a seven and a half or an eight hype as well. You know, Kyle is much better at not wearing his emotions on his sleeve in this case. But in this case, I refuse to even attempt it. I'm very excited. I like Larvitar. We both have very fond memories of Larvitar Community Day. It was like one of, I think it was the first in-person event we did together. We reference it frequently. Um, and I'm just excited to kind of relive a little bit of that energy, even if we can't be 
downtown like we were last time because it'll be probably too cold. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> we'll have to find something else. I'm sure it'll be great. But yep, there you go. Again, market calendars. Saturday, January 21st from 2 to 5 p.m. local time. That's Larvitar Community Day Classic. Don't miss it. Alrighty, let's move on to the second and last piece of news here. This was the other new announcement that was released today on the 4th of January. Live your own whimsical adventure in the Twinkling Fantasy event. Trainers, you can surround yourself in a circle of fairy-type Dedenne, battle with the dragon Pokemon Mega Salamence, and more during the upcoming Twinkling Fantasy event. What fantastic tales will you create with this trove of dragon and fairy type Pokemon? Ooh, arguably two of the rarest types in the game, of course, save ice type. Oh, <laughs> we don't talk about that because it's a little bit weird, but yeah, I think. I mean, actually, the rarest, the rarest type in the game is electric type. If you count number of Pokemon, there's more elect. I mean, there's less electric type than fairy type Pokemon. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're going to have to dedicate a gear up to this sometime in the future. <laughs> uh, now I'm just interested. But when is this event happening? When will the fantasy be twinkling? Well, let me tell you. Tuesday, January 10th at 8 a.m. to Monday, January 16th at 10 p.m. local time. So we're going to get, you know, a little bit under a week. It'll be enough. <laughs> There's a debut with this event. And what is it? Well, it's Mega Salamence. Thanks for asking. It's going to be pretty cool. It looks like a crescent moon. We'll learn more about that later. Bonuses for this event, two times catch experience, additional candy, and increased chance for trainers level 31 and up to receive Candy XL for successfully catching Pokemon with nice throws, great throws, and excellent throws. So just to remind you, what that really means is don't use your auto catcher uh, because then you won't get the benefits from this. You have to catch things by hand and be, you know, competent at it in order to get the bonus. So grinding on this probably looks a little bit different than for most of you hardcore grinders out there. That's pretty much all that means. But what about the wild encounters? Let's see what this is going to do to the overworld map and therefore playing experience. You can expect to see in the wild Clefairy, Clefable, Jigglypuff, Dratini, Togetic, Meryl, Ralts, Vibrava, Bagon, Dino, Dedene, Gumi, and Noibat. On this whole list... The only two that can't be shiny are Gumi and Vibrava, which means, yes, you're right, Super Sleuths, that Dedene is the new shiny released with this event. That's very exciting. Kyle almost caught me. I almost forgot to include it, but how could I forget? That's such a cool looking shiny. I think it's actually just a little bit different looking, right? Just like, it is, oh, I don't know. It's a shade. forgettable Pokemon. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why you can't stand Dedene. I love Dedene. It's so cute. It's like the weakest of the pokemon of the pikachu clones okay all right i think it's let's... tied with togedemaru i'm hoping how dare you <laughs> yeah togedemaru is saved by having a neat typing but i think the dene suffers for having the fairy typing because it's just like oh fairy was introduced in this gen make the pikachu fairy <laughs> But that kind of makes sense. And it's a single stage. It's really just like a throwaway sort of like, you know, That's souvenir the, Pokemon. I don't know. I just I like that, though. I like that, I though. Just, did did you find the shiny? Yeah, I did. It's it's meh. It looks it honestly looks a little bit like a Lolan Raichu in that it's oh. sun suntanned. It's brown instead of okay. pale or light brown or yellow, however you want to describe it. Well, I'm maybe. sure if you went and looked at the Pokedex, the Pokedex would tell you that the Dene is pink. <laughs> it's green it's green like <laughs> that's exactly right yep 
Alrighty, so say cheese. Here's the next thing. Take snapshots for a chance to encounter a dragon or fairy type Pokemon. Uh, I don't have a smart response to this one. I'm not sure which ones they'll choose. We could probably guess. It, what, what, what pool of fairy and dragon type Pokemon do you think they're going to pull from? I, I think it's going to be Bagon for the dragon. Okay. And if you had to pick one for the fairy, it's pro- I think it's going to be Togetic. Togetic. However you want to say, I hate that so much. Oh, my God. Okay. I was going to say it's going to be Dratini for the dragon to be less value. Um, Togetic, it's a, that's a that's an inspired choice. It might be just for the value. They've rolled it up before, right? So who knows? I guess we'll see. Uh, but collection challenge, yes. Your ears perked up and so did mine. <laughs> Complete the Twinkling Fantasy Collection Challenge to receive 50 Mega Salamence Energy a charged TM, and a fast TM. It'll be worth it for the metal. Yep. Field research task encounters. When you do field research uh, during this event of that end in encounters, here's what you can expect. Clefairy, Dratini, Bagon, Dedene, and Gumi. Not a bad combo of Pokemon, I don't think. Although I have a feeling 70% of those are going to be Clefairy and Dratini. Not so sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad you backed me up with some confidence. There we go. Uh, we've got some raids to a slight raid shakeup. And one star raids, you're looking at Jigglypuff, Meryl, Axew, and Dino. Three star raids, Mawile, Drudagon, and Dedene. Uh, five star raids, Zekrom. And, and it knows a featured attack. I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Uh, Mega raids will have Mega Salamence. Uh, but just to circle back, the last thing is this featured attack. Zekrom caught from January 10th through the 18th will know Fusion Bolt. Trainer battles, it does 90 power. And in Gyms and Rage, it does 140. This is finishing just the trio of uh, Kyurem, Reshiram, and Zekrom getting all of their signature moves in one go. Bold move by Niantic. I'm very surprised that they decided to roll out three signature moves in a month and a half. Very strange. January is a low time in business. They got to... They got to drum it up somehow. I suppose that's true. For all businesses, just to be clear. I I just remembered something, Kyle. One more thing in defense of Toga Demaru. It got children everywhere to try to say Toga Demaru. Yes, I I think Toga Demaru is better than Dedene. Oh, but not by a lot. I'm just I'm not saying one's better or worse. I'm just putting up points to defend it. Toga Demaru is fun because it's a difficult name to say sometimes. And I feel like that's a fun learning experience for other people like Dragalgy. I I forget that Toga Demaru exists, except for the fact that I remember, oh, hey, it has that name. (laughs) And I'm like, what was it? So it works. It works. Yeah, like Rogan Mamu. (laughs) No, Toga Demaru. (laughs) Get it right. Okay, cool. So anyway, with this whole event now being laid out in front of us, Kyle, uh, any thoughts? Can you give me like one highlight and one thing you just, I guess, aren't excited for? Mega Salamence is pretty great. I like more Megas. More Megas means we're closer to all of them being out. And then Niantic being forced to move on to try something new. (laughs) It's going to be real awkward to see them try uh, Dynamax. Or Z move? No, they're gonna they're gonna skip Z moves. I'm telling you right now. Someone come back, timestamp this January fourth, two thousand twenty three. They're not gonna do Z moves. I'm telling you, what they need to do is use motion controls on your phone. Oh move your God. phone in a triangle to use your rock type Z move. You know. Uh, as for uh, that, that was positive. Uh, negative. This is not really negative, but it's very funny. 
is that Dedene is in three star raids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just funny. Like Goofy. you can still solo three star raids. It's not that big a deal. But why is that in three star raids? It's actually to its benefit. If you think about this now, assuming the spawn rates of the type of eggs are all equal, at least between one and three stars, the other pool it would have been in was one star, right? But in three stars, it's one of three. And in one star raids, even if it swapped with something else that's in there, it would have been one in four. Yeah, well, so it's in its benefit in, in two ways. One, you might see more of them potentially. And two, you get more rewards for doing them. Oh, that's right. But, but on uh, the same note, it's a negative because it takes longer to do them. Whereas in a, a one star raid, you can you will mindlessly blow through it. The three star raid, you know, you have to you actually put in some effort. <laughs> the Dene three star should be a relatively doable solo. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it level, should right? be fine. Yeah. OK. All right, like, just bring bring some Metagross and you'll just destroy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do that. We all have those. <laughs> Uh, for myself, I think the highlight is also going to be Mega Salamence. I love Mega Salamence. Its design is so stinking cool. I think Roaring Moon being in Scarlet and Violet just made me love that Pokemon even more. Big, big fan. And let me tell you, here's a little here's a little sneak peek. We're doing it for Pokalore. I love it. <sighs> it's going to be good. <laughs> but I think the one thing that might be a slight drawback for me or isn't that great is I think the bonuses. I think this increased chance for trainers uh, level 31 and up for receive Excel candy, the, all, all the candy bonuses, the experience bonus for catching successfully with nice, great, and excellent throws sounds like fun, but it really also feels like a big slap towards people that, uh, you know, have habituated playing with auto catching devices. Official ones, of course, are the ones I'm talking about. That user base is much larger than that for all the other things, but they're official products in order to do that. And you're basically saying that if I do this, I'm not going to get an ideal experience playing this event, right? I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's honestly pretty fair. It, they've, they're trying to influence the way somebody plays. But yeah. is it really any different than them doing a bonus that's only egg hatching? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what about people who don't walk a lot, but just hit very core places for spawns? They're still playing the game, but they're not being able to get any kind of advantage from hatching. So I, I feel like this is I feel like this is a false equivalency because okay. um I see where you're going. First of all, I should say, I'm not trying to be rude here, but I think it's a false equivalency in that when it comes to egg and egg hatching, if that's your type of play style anyway, then those bonuses wouldn't appeal to you anyway. But if you go out and catch a lot of Pokemon and you're a catcher, right? I'm looking for hundos and looking for shinies and use an auto catcher for that. This is a bonus that's technically for you, but you can't really use. Well, but only if you're one type of catcher. But for egg hatching, there's only one kind. A, a similar situation for it being an egg hatching comparison would be like uh, earn two times experience, additional candy, and bonus stardust when you hatch a, a tier four or tier five rarity Pokemon in the egg pools. You know what I mean? I think actually a more reasonable comparison would be quarter hatch distance when you walk with the app open. Which oh yeah okay I that works they actually that, could pop I don't think they could possibly code that but trust me if they could 
they probably <laughs> would have that as a bonus because they, they want to control how people play the game. That's just kind of how it is. They would. And, and considering it, that they don't make any more catching devices, it's not really that surprising that they want to discourage it, even if it is very unfo- unfortunate for those who use them. That's the other thing is that if I had a tinfoil hat on, right, I mean, I would be like, they're really trying to push us away from using the auto catchers and uh, they eventually want to do away with them. Like that might be true, but I'm not ready to make that declaration yet. And I really hope that's not the case because I enjoy both types of play. I just like being able to choose. They definitely want to to push people away. I don't yeah. I don't think they're trying to phase it out because it doesn't really gain them anything necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they definitely don't want people to. <laughs> It feels like it's definitely something for us to pay attention to this year, I think, Uh, because we saw that we saw this verbiage first last year, either mid or late last year. And now we're seeing it again. So uh, I guess we'll see where this bonus goes and what that means for us. Also, one quick note. I know nothing about the stats for Fusion Bolt, but I hope it's exciting because Zachrom's pretty cool. (laughs) Zachrom is pretty cool. Yep. And uh, Electric Type needs some more high dps contenders other than the usual fare yeah it's, it's really just like zachram magnazone and electivire electivire i know <laughs> which i'm all for man i love the electivire i do but come on there's a lot of great electric i mean raikou and zapdos we got mega manectric in there you know that's cool but <sighs> well I megas know. don't count you say that but when it's like cool for tyranitar including megas and Shadow Pokemon, regular Tyranitar is still like rank 13. That's cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think Megas are so good that it's just if you include it in any kind of typing, it's like, yeah, Megas going to be good. Right. It's right. kind of like, no, duh, unfortunately, with the way the game works. As long as there's an option for a Mega. It's the right choice. And I don't think there's an example right now that that's not the case. Right. Actually, I think before Mega Sceptile, Cartana was a better choice than other Megas. So that that was one exception. Oh, well, we're past that now. So I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was it was a situation. It existed. Yes. So maybe another one does. I just and, and this it. is and this is actually we never talk about this, but this is the exciting part about a, a live service evolving game that we don't have everything like things keep moving and changing like Tyranitar used to be the big man on campus. And now he's not right. Not as much. Right. So it's it's cool. It's cool to see these things change. But um, it's also cooler to see us change sections because <laughs> we're going from news into gear up. So this week on gear up. Is that a UFO? No, it's just Mega Salamance. Ah! So we've, we've talked a lot about Shadows, a lot about Megas and stuff with Lavatar and Tyranitar, and then just now with some Mega Manectric. But now Mega Salamance. Is Mega Salamance going to be good? That's a dumb question. Of course it's going to be good. It's a pseudo-legendary. Yeah. It has appropriate moves. It's going to be good. As it stands currently... Mega Salamence will be the best non-shadow dragon in the game, which, as we said, you would expect from a Mega, especially from a pseudo-Mega. That said, Shadow Salamence provides more DPS than Mega Salamence. Because oh. <laughs> the game is broken, everybody. It's just yeah. shadows are too good. Uh-huh. But Shadow Salamence, Salamence by itself was already pretty glassy. Shadow Salamence is very squishy 
So when you compare the two of them with their TDO considered, they're actually very similar, which is actually a negative because it just means Shadow Salamence is that good. Yes, but but that's without, of course, the mega bonuses that you get from having a mega on the field, right? Yes, of course. Those, yeah. in, in a vacuum. But as a team building exercise, you really want a mega at every chance. So, For the record, I've never seen a vacuum large enough to hold even one Salamence, let alone two. How big? Salamence ain't that big. You think it can fit in like a in like I a mean, okay, family I don't know how big mega Salamence vacuum, is, but... like a stand up vacuum. We're not talking like a shop vacuum, like a regular. Oh, see, vacuum. okay, no, look, I'm I'm thinking like I'm thinking like a giant room that they're pumping all the air out to make a vacuum <laughs> no, for like I, testing for spacewalks. I, I know that's what you mean. Of course, I know that's what you mean. But uh, you know, hey, oh, I hang was on. Thinking there's of Kirby, like, so. <laughs> like it's, come on, anyone out there watch Phoenix and Ferb? There's an episode where there's a giant vacuum cleaner on top of a building, and they use it to suck up. Uh, one of the devices in the show. I think Mega Salamence would fit in one of those. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to have to take your word on that one. <laughs> hey, it's a cartoon. You got to go by cartoon logic. Okay, all right. But getting back on track, naturally, it's not really going to beat the shadow. It's not really competing with the shadow, thankfully. I mean, it, it sort of is, but we don't have to consider that for the moment. Everything else, it's better than, without a question. It's better than regular Rayquaza, and it's better than Megalatios, who's the only other mega dragon contender, really. There's Mega Sceptile, but doesn't have a dragon fast move, so it's not really relevant. And Latias, but we don't mention that. Latias is just objectively worse than Latios yeah. in terms of raid DPS, at least. As for movesets, Dragon Tail Outrage is better than Dragon Tail Draco Meteor, but the difference is incredibly small. That said, Outrage is a community day move worth mentioning, but the difference is small on paper, but it can be large in practice because Draco meteor is a one bar, a hundred energy charge move and outrage is a two bar 50 energy charge move. So you're less likely to waste 95 energy. If you get KO'd before you can fire off a Draco meteor. So it's a worth difference, worthwhile difference to have outrage. But what about the future? Everyone wants to know if you're future-proof. We're getting really close to that point where there's not a whole lot left to come out. And as it stands, there's only two other Mega Dragon types that haven't been added into Pokemon Go. Mega Rayquaza and Mega Garchomp. Now, funnily enough, both of those are better than Mega Salamence. <laughs> so enjoy it while it lasts. Mega Rayquaza is absolutely dominating, but like, it's Rayquaza. What are you expecting? Yeah. I mean, if Mega Rayquaza doesn't top the charts, it would be like saying that Mega Mewtwo doesn't top its charts. That said, Garchomp makes it very, very competitive because Mega Garchomp's one downside in the main series game is it actually gets lower speed when it Mega Evolves and to compensate for its higher stats, and that doesn't affect Go. So overall, Mega Rayquaza, Mega Garchomp, very similar. So that's exciting. <laughs> very, very exciting. So Mega Salamence is worth it for now. I I don't think we're going to see Mega Rayquaza for Hoenn Tour. So I think you're pretty safe in having Mega Salamence for a while still. Yeah, I would imagine they're going to probably save Mega Rayquaza for like an end of the year, maybe a finale thing for this year. It's, you know? it's going to be its own thing because it's so strong. It carries its own thing. The event needs nothing but Mega Rayquaza, and it will print money for Niantic. 
as regular Rayquaza has proven time and time again, third time's the charm. It's true. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to Mega Salamence, even if it was like going to be fifth. It's just a cool Pokemon. It's a great mega design. We love it. Salamence is fantastic. Yep. Thank you much, Kyle. That means we're moving into the Pokalore segment, which, as teased, is going to be a good one. This week, we're going to be covering Bagon, the Rockhead Pokemon, Shellgon, the Endurance Pokemon, and Salamence, the Dragon Pokemon. Now, I'm, I'm almost 90 nine percent sure that we've covered this one in the past but we did leave out its mega evolution so we're doing a quick revisit starting off with bagon bagon lives in rough terrains with cliffs and rocks it longs to fly and jumps off cliffs trying to be able to do so frustrated at its inability to fly it leaps off cliffs and smashes its head against large rocks indiscriminately this process of continually bashing its head causes it to become as hard as steel there's another comparison to something as steel, Kyle. There you go. Are you keeping track somewhere? Has another tally. <laughs> Well-developed neck muscles support its hard head. This, combined with its powerful body, allows it to shatter rocks with its head. Bagon is known to be rather solitary, preferring not to form groups with others of its kind. It has been theorized that Bagon's habit of head bashing and pure belief influences the cells needed to help it evolve. So with brute forces, it's like Vegeta getting Super Saiyan the first time. He just wanted it bad enough and it <laughs> happened, you know. Next up is Shellgun. There are bone structures covering its body, which form a shell with two openings and three ridges on top. One opening is in front, revealing two yellow eyes, while the other opening is in the back. This bony covering repels enemy attacks, but it makes Shellgun heavy. Its gray legs are visible protruding from underneath the shell each with a short red stripe on the inner surface. As a result, this Pokemon moves sluggishly and is never eating or drinking. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. What? It's like a, it's a true pupil phase, you know? However, Shellgon does not die for reasons that remain unknown. Inside the <laughs> shell, <laughs> its body is busy forming for its next evolution. It stores the necessary energy needed for uh, to evolve, and when it does, its shell peels away. Shellgun can be found in caverns where it stays still until it evolves. So when I was reading through this the first time, and I did cut out a little bit of the initial parts of each of these things to keep it a little bit more short, but Shellgun is, is truly like a, a pupil phase of this entire evolution. It's a cocoon, which I did not really consider up until re like rereading this, but yeah, it's, it's a straight up cocoon. Pretty cool. Salamence. It's a long-held dream fulfilled at last. Salamence constantly flies around and releases intense blasts of fire as an expression <laughs> of its joy. Let's go. That's pretty great. Yeah, 2023 is the year that we should all try to be a little bit more Salamence in our life, I think. We love it. It only stops flying when it gets exhausted and needs to sleep. If enraged, it loses all sense of self and flies into an uncontrollable rampage, destroying everything around it until it tires itself out. It lives in rough terrain, and it competes with Garchomp mid-air for food. Mid-air. On the ground, they're cool. Once it's up there, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Winner takes all. As Mega Salamence, its wings meld together into a single, huge, crescent-shaped wing. According to the anime, the hard yet very flexible properties of its wings allow them to be used as blades in mid-air battles. Its face, neck, body, and tail are narrower, and its tail is noticeably shorter in length. 
The ridges above its eyes are now far less prominent, and it no longer possesses the thick gray scaling over its lower jaw. Instead, the smooth red flesh underneath has been left exposed, increasing its streamlined appearance. The upper pair of fins resting on the sides of its head are now elongated and tapered. The lower pair has not changed much. However, the middle set now take the form of quarter arches, spanning across the bridge of the nose. The remnants of its shelled underbelly have been drastically transformed into a segmented, more aerodynamic, vest-like armored frame. So descriptive, that, <laughs> that sentence. That was great. This frame encases its chest and shoulders, with the pieces interlocking whenever Megasalamence tucks in its front forelegs. Roaring Moon has a resemblance to Megasalamence. A resemblance. Strong one. Real strong one. The stress of Salamence's vaunted wings becoming misshapen in its mega evolution aggravates it to the point of rampaging. This fuels oh. its already brutal nature and makes it likely to turn against the trainer who raised it. <laughs> because wow. of this, Mega Salamence is feared as the blood-soaked crescent. That is so brutal. What? Come on. My goodness. Anything and anyone in Salamence's path gets sliced in two by its blade-like wings, posing no interruption to its flight. <laughs> All right, just got to swing by here really quick. Shit. All right, keep going. Uh, stats for Salamence is uh, at level 40, 37, 49. Level 50, you're looking at 42, 39. Again, pseudo stats, so it's got good CP. Speaking of stats, 216 stamina, 168 defense, and 277 attack. Again, just completely confirming Kyle's assessment of a glass cannon 100%. Best move set Dragon Tail with Draco Meteor and Fire Blast. There are other options besides Fire Blast, but keep with the theme if nothing else, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a dragon. That's fine. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, Kyle, we've already talked about this, but Bagon, Shalgon, Salamence, you got love, right? Uh, I'm a big fan of Salamence and the Bagon line. Yeah. I don't care for Mega Salamence and its design. Personally, I think the UFO Ooh. Crescent Moon is real goofy. <laughs> what about Roaring Moon, though? Roaring Moon is good. Yeah. But I think Mega Salamence would be less goofy if it didn't tuck its forelegs into the little, like, shoulder pads that it has there. It would look better, a lot better with that one change. Yeah, it's trying to be, you know, streamlined, kind of like Latios Latios sort of thing, like tuck its limbs yeah, in. It's just it looks very weird. It does look weird, but uh I think in a way that I enjoy it, maybe you just think is goofy. Uh we can agree yeah. to disagree, but it's a cool it's cool Pokemon at the very least. Uh but yep, that's pretty much it for Pokalore. And that means we're going into Pokepole next. <laughs> So last week's question on Pokepole was, what is your one wish for Pokemon Go in 2023? A feature? A debut? Anything goes. I should say really quick, we got so many response to, uh, responses to this. We're trying our best to keep the responses down that we read to five. So if you made a good response, rest assured, you probably did. And I definitely read it because I read them all. I pinned some of the ones on Spotify that, that we ended up not taking that I thought were really great. So thanks in advance, everybody. Our first response is from Iced Coffee Man. And they said, to be able to transfer back Pokemon home stored Pokemon. I know they probably won't do it, but maybe just for Pokemon that originated from Pokemon Go. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, it's just straightforward. I imagine that uh, 
the Pokemon company are a little bit more strict on that one. They always like to go forward and never backward. But yeah, probably. Next response is from Nick Bunce, and they said, To catch Kecleon should be easy enough with GoTour or GoFest, whichever one it is. So yay for that. <laughs> also, Primal Kyogre, because that will make me happy. Also, also, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year. And I think we're all uh, putting Kecleon on that. 2023 resolution list that's right catch kecleon let's hope it's not one of those that we break this year like all the rest of them (sighs) i really hope not i really hope not if we don't get kecleon this year i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) i i I don't probably spend copious amounts of money buying incubators to hatch the pain away yeah probably that sounds about right next response is from rotten tanuki and they said a surprise trade system like the mainline games have that's an interesting idea and go, huh? It would be cool because the stats reroll, right? So you could like, if mm-hmm. you were given 10 surprise trades a day or something like that, people would just do them trying to get hundos. Oh yeah. And you probably wouldn't just get Caterpie or Pidgey because people would just be transferring, trading, whatever was spawning for the current event. So that actually would work out better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get distance for this system? <laughs> I, I would have to say they probably they wouldn't give you distance then if they did ah, this, right? Okay. Maybe. Next one's from Sparky Two. They said one or two opportunities to do lucky trades without distance restriction. Would be good to get some trades in with GoCast members from afar. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Mm-hmm. The long distance lucky trade, best friend, lucky friend. Twenty twenty three. Let's see it happened. I would really love it. Uh, yeah, just lucky friends or best friends, something. Come on. We, we've earned that at the very least. It'd be pretty sweet if like best friends had the unlocked like 50 kilometer distance or whatever it is. So you can at least spread out to your city and make friends. Yeah, that'd be real nice. Last one's from Elrus15. I want them to go back to releasing shinies on community days instead of community days where Pokemon have been out for some time. At least some structure where maybe every three or four months a Pokemon who already has a shiny. It would make community days worth grinding again and add excitement. Now it seems I only play to get that third from a family or a couple extra rather than trying to get as much of a new shiny as possible. I think yeah. I think it's a fair critique. It's a fair take for sure. We're, yeah. we're getting to the point right now in the game's life where we don't have enough. We don't have that many shiny options, you know? Right. But I, I do want to just, you know, kind of pour one out mentally for the, the lack of excitement around community days as a result. You know, it's necessary. Yeah, sure, I agree. Yeah, I do miss the the luster and magic of a new shiny and all that. I mean, we're going to get that with Chespin. You know, the starters will get that with for sure. Uh, but, you know, like Larvitar Day or Belladum Day, like those are really hype. Yeah, it is an unfortunate side effect. I don't think there actually is a great solution. I'd love to see the numbers of how many shinies we actually have left in the game, not counting new spawns, mm-hmm. new Pokemon add to the game, rather. Because it's not that many. All no, I, considered. I don't think so. Especially not after the upcoming tour. Yeah, and well, the upcoming tour is going to add like five. But when you think about it, a community knocking out three of an evolution You do that 10 times a year, let's say. That's 30 shinies. Yeah. We only got 
a thousand Pokemon that exist in the world right now. Well, like a thousand twenty or something like that. Yep. So I do think communities might need a revisit on what makes them special soon. I think they were trying to really revisit that with like the, the four star raids thing and the radius stuff and the extra spawns and things like that. But I don't think it's enough to get the people that they're trying to play more to play more. It's getting yeah. people like us that are already playing to do it a little bit, but exactly it is. Yeah. The, everything they've done has been positive for people who are already gonna grind anyways. Right. Right. All right. On to this week's poke poll though. Have you ever taken a break from Pokemon go? What made you step away, come back and why? What constitutes a break for you? I, th- for me? Well, I, I guess in general, but yeah, for, for you, I think is a fair question. Oh, you know, I think I think the real answer is, is that you and I just don't take breaks from this game. <laughs> but I feel like if we were to, to really try to identify it, it would be, you know, uh, like an event that we just don't care about. Um, and there were one or two of them in November and December that we were like, eh, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that would kind of consider that would be considered a break for us. <laughs> I, I think for me. I, I kind of have seasonal depression with Pokemon Go. The start of the winter, no matter what's happening, just kills my desire for Go. Yeah. And then after a little while, it like starts back up again. And it doesn't mean I stop playing. I just don't have the interest in like going out and driving and hitting all the gyms or or well, going for a walk, God forbid, in our current weather. Yeah, you really don't like car play, though. So that makes no, it's a lot just, yeah, of it's sense. not enjoyable. It's very boring for me. I can do it for like an hour and then I'm out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's probably my answer is one or two of the events from the end of this year that we just did not really, really engage with, whether on purpose or otherwise. I think that'll just have to be the break. And then we come, we come back. Our reason for coming back is because another event is happening and we have to talk about it or we're interested in, in doing it. Like for me, I'm so jazzed to see a new Mega and a new Shiny coming out right away. I, I like the the community day classic announcement having a community day on like the first real weekend of the year is exciting. Like I'm ready to get jazzed about Pokemon go again, but I was coming from a place that was not as jazzed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is really sort of a question that's more posed for everybody else listening. That doesn't, I guess, create content and therefore play this game all the time, no matter what. (laughs) So what has, encouraged you to take a break and made you step away come back and then why or not even come back and why that's the case why you're still listening uh but also thank you <laughs> uh, so i'm interested to hear because sometimes people take a six month break and then a new update comes up and they're back for some reason so i would love to hear those stories we will post the pokepole question on twitter and that's at GoCast Podcast. You can uh, call us and leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717, and we'll play your answer there. You can also send us an email the old-fashioned way to mail at GoCastPodcast.com. And lastly, if you're a patron of ours, oh, actually, sorry, not, not lastly, second to last, if you're a patron <laughs> of ours, uh, we have a Pokeball channel dedicated to that and our Discord server. And then the last one, truly is if you're listening to Spotify on mobile, you can also answer the Pokeball question there in the Q&A section of that episode. All that is to say that we're going to pass this on over to Fish and DeFi now for PvP Corner, and they're going to be covering the current cup update, what's ahead, and much, much more. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Fish on Ada. And I'm DeFi 250. 
and this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that can get to level 50 without XL candy. DeFi, what's going on in PvP? Well, we just had another week of the Go Battle League a season of Mythical Wishes. We just wrapped up Open Master League as well as the Ultra League Holiday Cup Edition. So, Fish, which one did you play? I'm always a sucker for a custom meta, so anytime there's anything available that's not just an open league i'm there i've been playing holiday cup all week all right how's that been going for you pretty well i eventually settled on a team of charizard lead and auroras and giratina altered in the back auroras and giratina altered make a fantastic core in this meta if you pop it in just those two pokemon on uh pv pokes team builder then you get a's across the board uh, for the scorecard and then Charizard was a pretty good lead for me because I was seeing so many Alolan Ninetales leads, so many Obstagoon leads, which Charizard does pretty well against. Um, it could also slowly chip away at a Giratina as well. So it had a lot of good matchups against leading Pokemon. I've just passed 2,600 ELO. Nice. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Um- I'm still hanging out down in the pits of the 2200s, 2300s, and I've been doing okay. Just lots of roller coastering for me. I was running kind of an ABB line of Verizian and Double Ice, but I don't have an Auroras built, and I didn't want to build one for this cup. So instead, I was running a Walrein and a Lapras. Both was very fun. good. In fact, yeah, Lapras both are very does good. quite well against my team. Like, it'll beat all three of my Pokemon. It's very good. And again, lots of roller coastering. Then I was trying a team that had, uh, like, I wanted to try Obstagoon. I wanted to try Ampharos. And I just couldn't. I'm still just kind of doing that roller coaster where I'll have, like, four ones and then an 05. Like, I've had a couple (laughs) 05s. And it just, it's rough. But that's how Go Battle League is sometimes. Most of the time, uh, I've been doing pretty well. It's just one set a day is just bad. Uh, Coming up next, though, starting tomorrow for us, is going to be Open Master League and Master League Premier Classic. The very last time we're going to have it, Master League Premier Classic is a Master League, so no CP limit. Legendary Pokemon, Mythical Pokemon, Ultra Beasts are not eligible. And Pokemon that have been powered up using XL Candy are also not eligible. We will have no Classic Cups anymore starting this next season, so enjoy it while you can. The PV Poke Top 10 Species for Master League Premier Classic are Florgis, Dragonite, Gyarados, both the regular and shadow perform well. Snorlax, same thing, shadow and regular both perform very well. Ursaluna, Garchomp, Togekiss, Metagross, Mamoswine, and Chestnut specifically with Frenzy Plant, which it will get about halfway through Master League Premier Classic. I'm really keen to try the Ursaluna. Is keen a word that non-Australians use a lot? No, but I under- it's understood. <laughs> I'm really keen to use the Ursa Luna. I just yesterday did our weekly meta breakdown on the Palatown PvP YouTube channel, and we talked about how high of a total stat product Ursa Luna has. Just the stats alone allow it to do very, very well. And I think the normal ground typing actually is, is quite nice for it. The moveset of Thunder Punch and High Horsepower gives it some nice coverage against some very handy things to have coverage against, like, uh, you know, Togekiss. You wouldn't really have much to hit Togekiss with if you didn't have Thunder Punch. And Gyarados as well. You can actually beat 
Gyarados, which is something that other ground types like Excadrill and Mamoswine have a hard time doing. For sure. One thing also in your uh, TLDR of your deep dive uh, on Pallet Town. So you have the longer version and then you have the shorter version, which is Master League Premier Classic in about five minutes. You made another really good point that I want to bring up really quickly. And that was the note on, do I need the hundo? If I'm going to play Master League, do I need the hundo? And I think you did a really good job explaining it. Can you let our note it? Can you let our audience here at GoCast in on the secret as well? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you uh, for that, for those kind words. But, um, so basically, we've talked before on this segment about, like, we've had people asking, uh, like, how important is having the Hundo in Master League, really? And we've kind of gone back and forth along the scale of, like, yeah, yeah, it's really important, and, like, ah, it's not super important. So I basically wanted to, like, the, the real answer is, of course, somewhere in the midst of that, <laughs> of that scale. Um, basically, what I talked about was if you have a Pokemon that you want to use and you don't quite have the hundo for it, there's a page on PV Poke called the Battle Screen and a feature within that battle screen called the Matrix Battle. What that'll allow you to do is just sim a whole bunch of Pokemon against a whole bunch of Pokemon at once and it'll just return a big chart with all the different uh, scores of those matchups. And more importantly, and more relevantly for our situation is if you scroll down, it'll just give you a list of here are the things that, say, the second Pokemon can beat or lose to as compared to the first Pokemon. So what I've done here, I've actually got it in front of me now. I, I'm interested in running Florgis as well, but my best Florgis is a 13, 15, 12. So I've popped those two Pokemon into the Matrix battle against the Master League Premier Classic meta. And scrolling down to the bottom, it's telling me that with this Florges, compared to the Hundo, I'm losing against Snorlax, Swampert, and an opposing Florges. Now, whether I decide that I'm fine with that and I'm okay to run my sub-Hundo Florges, that's really up to me. Another note to make is that it might pay to look into some of those matchups a little bit further. Like it, we worked out that against an opposing Florges, yes, it says I lose on paper, but that's only because they're winning CMP if we get to the charge move at the same time. If I just have one Fairy Wind of Energy lead, then I can flip that back up again. So that's making me think, yeah, if I do decide to run Florges, I'm absolutely fine to run the 13, 15, 12. So if you want to do that research yourself, that can help you to decide on a case-by-case basis whether it's okay to build the Pokemon that you've got. That's good, because I have been catching any Flabebe I see, and Mm -hmm. my best ones, I have a 14, 14, 14, so actually pretty close, and then I have a 12, or an 11, 15, 15. So I have two that I potentially could build, but it's just... if. I don't know. There's part. There's something that just feels bad when you don't build the hundo, or at least like a ninety-eight. I I suffer the same thing when like uh like I keep telling people for Great League and Ultra League just build the best one you've got. It doesn't have to be super high ranking. But then I suffer the same thing of like ah oh, I really want to build the like rank three. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
All right, moving on. Then uh, January 12th to the 19th, looking a week ahead, that is going to be all open leagues available. And during that time, we are going to have Go Battle Weekend featuring Steven Stone. You're going to get your typical Go Battle Weekend bonus bonuses. And again, it's Go Battle Weekend. It's two days, January 14th and 15th. 100 battles each day. Extra everything, extra dust. It's a good time. If you don't want to do all 200 battles, that's okay. Fish and I no, will probably okay. no, no, you have do, to do all 200 battles. <laughs> Fish and I might do all 200. We'll see. <laughs> but it'll it'll be really good. It's definitely a good time to play. So, And there'll be some timed research, a chance to get an avatar item. Be sure to check it out. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be wanting to play Open Great League during that time. We haven't talked about Open Great League in a hot minute. So I thought I'd pull up a little bit about Open Great League to give people some ideas. The PV Poke Top 10 in Open Great League is Reggie Steele topping out the list, Galarian Stunfisk, XL Metacham, Swampert, both the Shadow and Regular perform very well, Scrafty, XL Bastiodon, Trevenant, Pelipper, Noctowl, and Altaria. So lots of Flyers Wing Attack when that was buffed definitely changed the game a little bit. And I pulled up some of the top teams on PV Poke. The first team on PV Poke as the top rated team from The Sims is Galarian Stunfisk, Pelipper, and Sableye. When you take a look, Galarian Stunfisk is fairly accessible. Uh, Pelipper is pretty easy to get. I believe you can get Wingull right now and go Battle League as a reward. Uh, Sableye does have to be XL'd and you want to have a purified one with return. So that one's tricky to get. That one's a solid investment. But the other two Pokemon are pretty good. That's your top team. Uh, Fish, do you want to knock a t- couple teams off? Yeah, so the next one is Noctowl, Lantern, and Chiefisk. Uh All of those Pokemon are very, very safe. Like, they've all got play against a lot of their counters. The Lantern does get walled a lot by your grass types, so you're, you're going to find it very hard to counter a Trevenant or a Venusaur with that. But as we've mentioned before, Noctowl has... Uh, plenty of win conditions against an opposing Galarian Stunfisk, which is crazy. Um, Galarian Stunfisk itself can, if it can get to a couple of earthquakes, KO uh, Scrafty. So, like, yeah, it's a it's a really nice safe team and and a lot of play there. In fact, if you lead with the Noctowl, you can probably draw out your opponent's Grass type with the Galarian Stunfisk to clear the way for the Lantern. That's probably the idea behind that team because most people wouldn't be running double Grass. The next one down is Shadow, Abomasnow, Metacham, and Sableye. And this one annoys me because I thought of using Shadow, Abomasnow for my play Pokemon regionals team. And at the time, when I first thought of using it, no one else was. But now I'm seeing it more and more and more. And by the time we actually get to my regionals in Melbourne, I think it's going to be very commonplace. <laughs> that one I'm, a, I'm, I'm very bummed to see. It is quite popular. Number four, Metacham Double Ice. We have Metacham, Walrein, and Aurorus. <laughs> Great League Aurorus. Let's go. So it's ABB. You lead the Metacham, and then you probably swap into the Aurorus or Walrein if you lose the lead, and you hope to regain switch advantage. And then you have another Ice type in the back uh, to be able to sweep the other counter two ice types. So Defense Deoxys the- will kind of wreck this team, by the way. Just Defense Deoxys, 
would totally wreck this team. If you run into a defense Deoxys, you're kind of having problems here. In fact, opposing Metacham as well might be an issue. Like you'd have to beat it with your own Metacham. Yeah, there's there's definitely pretty much every ABB can be countered by something. There is a Pokemon that will be a problem for it. But overall, this is a very solid team. And yeah, let if you run it, let us know. Because this was the team that jumped off the list in my eyes. Last one we're going to talk about really quick is Alolan Ninetales in the lead, Lantern, and Umbreon. Umbreon's been making quite the splash in Play Pokemon, at least, uh, as your big, bulky Pokemon versus Lickitung. Lickitung took a step back because of the rise of Noctowl. Uh, Lickitung hates to see Noctowl, so Umbreon tends to work uh, a bit better, so you'll see it around more. And Lantern is running Spark, tends to be the more favorable fast move unless you're in a more niche uh, limited meta. This one, not as solid for coverage. There are definitely things that all the whole team has problems with. So a Registeel <laughs> against this team could be very problematic. Galarian Stunfisk as well might be an issue for this team. Mm -hmm. But overall, like it definitely has play. Like you have play against a Registeel, you have play against a Galarian Stunfisk. You just kind of have to pivot, dance around a little bit. Especially uh with the Galarian Stunfisk if you're running Water Gun on Lantern rather than Spark. That makes that a uh, whole bunch nicer. Yeah, but then you lose other matchups. It's tough. It's a balancing it act. It it's such a balancing act. But that's it for Open Great League. And you could also try Open Ultra League, Open Master League. Those are available as well that week. Taking one more week forward, peeking into the future, January 19th to the 26th, is Open Great League and the Weather Cup in the Great League. So two Great League medals to choose from. You can go Open or the... Uh, Limited one, Weather Cup, we've had it before. Fire, Water, Ice, and Rock are the only Pokemon eligible. We'll talk more about it when it gets a little closer. Next up, we have the Twinkling Fantasy event, which will probably have started by the time you hear this. The boys will have covered it in fair detail in the main show, but we just wanted to point out which ones you should focus the most on from a PvP perspective. In spawns, we've got... Our like top tier ones to aim for are Dratini for a Master League and Ultra League Dragonite, Togetic for the Togekiss in Master League, and to a lesser extent, Ultra League and Meryl. Of course, your Master League Azumarill, right, Deepa? Yes, Master League Azumarill <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you want you want that one in Great League. Uh, the next tier down, you want your Clefables. So Clefairy and Clefable are both spawning, and. Uh, Getting XL Candy for an Ultra League Clefable, not a bad idea. Jigglypuff will evolve into a nice Great League Wigglytuff. And Dino, because Zwilus is just a darling in limited metas. Next here down, you've got Vibrava for a Flygon. Ralts, which can be... Uh, Gallade is the more common one for PvP. There's sometimes play for a Gardevoir, depending on the meta. And Dedenne also can have play depending on the meta. I want to note that in addition to Bagon, the two chase Pokemon for this event, the two Pokemon that if you're very lucky, you might encounter those Pokemon, 
not good in PvP. You're not looking for PvP Gumi. You're not looking for PvP Noibat. Gudra has very niche play. Like, incredibly niche play. Not necessarily worth building one unless you have nothing else to build. And then Noibat, which has no PvP play whatsoever. And you can look for shiny Noibat. Like, shiny hunters, dex collectors, all those other ways to play the game. Those are great spawns, but for PvP, just not so much. So then we've got raids, and there is a new, uh, again, a newly improved Zekrom in five-star raids. It's got Fusion Bolt, which will have the same stats as Fusion Flare on Reshiram, so that's 45 energy and 90 damage. It's the same energy as Zekrom's current go-to move of Wild Charge, 10 less damage, so about 10% less, but it doesn't debuff you two stages. So we're guessing that Fusion Bolt will be the go-to move when it does come out, but we'll have to see what happens when it does. Meryl is also the other one you want to chase, obviously, in raids if you need those XLs for it. Uh, Jigglypuff and Dino are your B tiers, and Aksu and Dedene are your C tiers. Aksu evolves into Haxorus, which has play specifically in Master League Premier Cups. So even, like, not even as niche as Gudra. Yeah. <laughs> Gumi's evolved form. It is, you have to be very specific to be able to use a Gudra. All right. Continuing forward, we've got our Sylph check-in. And I have not registered for any Ember Cups. I have a lot that just opened registration, but none of mine have started yet. They start a little bit later in the month. So I don't have any new speculation on Ember Cup. I also didn't really play a lot of Ember Cup in factions. I think I was doing Open Great League at that time. So I'm looking at you, Fish, for some insights. (laughs) Uh, Look... Ember Cup is pretty straightforward. I think we've talked about uh, Hesuian Quillfish and Charizard being top of the meta. Also, Pile of Swine has come right up to meet them both since we probably last talked about it. Pile of Swine is on every team I've seen, and it is a Pokemon with some great typing, which is weird to say for a Pile of Swine. Normally, we don't say that about, about that Pokemon. And that Avalanche can KO so much in one go it's basically one of those shield advantage cups if you can be one shield up by the end of the battle then you're in a very good spot because a lot of these pokemon have one shot potential with their charge moves we're talking your your blast burn charizard we're talking your frenzy plant venusaur we're talking avalanche on pile of swine we are talking return on glygard moltres with overheat as well i'll throw that in there because i'm trying to make moltres work but yeah that there's um so much of an if you can maintain your shields for the end of the battle then i think you're in a good spot having said that i have gotten into plenty of trouble in practice battles by trying to hold on to my shields too much and then i just go down with two shields in hand so (laughs) be, be aware of that that is always a kick to the pride right every every single time it happens it's always it always feels bad all right, so that's it on Ember Cup. Again, it is a current Sylph Factions meta. I just haven't played it yet, so I can't. I don't have any firsthand experience. Uh, but maybe some point later uh, in Factions, I'll get some experience, and I will definitely be playing it this month in individual Sylph. 
One thing I can talk about with a bit of experience is play Pokemon. Uh, We have an upcoming event this weekend. It will be over probably by the time you hear this. San Diego, California, January 6th to the 8th, sold out. It is going to be a fantastic tournament. However, casting announcement, it is currently Wednesday night U.S., and we have no casting announcement. So that's kind of a bummer. But you'll be able to find out all about the casters next week when we recap a little bit of San Diego. Upcoming, though, we have Liverpool in Great Britain. That'll be January 21st. Registrations are open. 130 players registered. Add to that list. Like, make this huge, battlers. If you are in Liverpool, go compete. If you are anywhere near it, if you are available, go register. We don't have our casters for San Diego, but we do have them for Liverpool, which is going to be happening 21st and 22nd of January in Liverpool, UK. Pokemon Go coverage will be brought to you by Amanda Lundberger. Shout out Girls That PvP. I'm very excited to see her casting. Also very excited to see the other casters there. Adelian, Anatoquince, and Koning Lionheart, or Leonard Koning, are the other three casters. So big shout outs to them. Very excited to see the UK tournaments be casted. So if you are in Liverpool, there are currently 130 players registered. Registrations are open. Go check it out. Go compete. It's a good time. It's a fun time. We also have Orlando, Orlando, Florida coming up. It's in a month fish. Registrations have not yet opened for Orlando, which is a little troubling. They did put out an announcement today saying, attention Pokemon players and fans, we know you are eagerly awaiting registration for Orlando. We are still waiting for a couple of things to be ironed out so we can have the best event possible. Thank you for your patience. So they know they are supposed to have it out. It's just not there yet. But be following at overload underscore events on Twitter or be watching on rk9.gg for those registrations. Also be looking out for Melbourne, Australia, which is OCIC, the international championships there. That's going to be February 18th and 19th, which is the same weekend as the Las Vegas Hoenn Tour event. So some if to kind of get it in your mind about how far away that is. We also have Knoxville, Tennessee in the U.S., February 24th and 26th. Registrations for that are going to be open Thursday, January 12th. So be sure to get on top of those registrations. Uh, Bochum in Germany is the same weekend, the 24th and 26th. Registrations, I imagine, will also be opening very soon. With that, let's move on to our shameless plugs. And for trophies and achievements, we uh, only have one person to speak of this week, and that is Triptando. Congratulations on hitting expert Triptando. One thing I want to quickly shout out is the Good Morning Johto podcast. Fish was already a guest on this podcast. I absolutely love their format. It's just like a radio show in the morning. It's very short, like 15 to 20 minutes tops. I think there are a couple. Which is good for DeFi. The DeFi likes that. I love that. <laughs> I will shout out. There are a couple episodes that are like 10 minutes long. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that is Chef's DeFi kiss. I love short quick get to the point podcasts that are still super fun so good morning johto is perfect for like a daily a short daily commute they have tcg updates vgc as well as pokemon go and it is really really fun lots of guests it's a great time i highly recommend it i'll be on there soon i just scheduled an interview so be sure to check them out again it's good morning johto 
And with that, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi to address on the show, you can direct that to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Chris talks about each of these at the end of the show. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week. Thank you all so much, Fish and DeFi E, for yet another wonderful PvP corner segment. It's great to be informed, especially with like the upcoming cups and things like that. I just want to know when Master League isn't around like it was this week, unfortunately, <laughs> when I was trying to play a little bit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you so, so much as always. Mr. Kyle, we are on the last section here. It's got a name uh, and it's got like a little ring to it, you know? It's time for emails. That's right. Uh, and zero voicemails this week. So we've got two emails here. And our first one is from uh, Akos. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. Hello, GoCast. Long time listener. First time emailer. Have you guys ever had a gut feeling on something? Something you just knew for a fact was going to happen? Well, this happened to me. I was doing my usual late night walk around 2 a.m. to burn my daily incense <laughs> when all of a sudden it spawned. The beautiful Galarian Moltres. I haven't seen a legendary bird in weeks, but for some reason, I knew I was going to be the proud owner of this Moltres. So Golden Raz and Ultra Throw, followed up by a whiffed throw, and not even nice, the wiggle began one insta-capture. Ah, And that's the end of the email. That's the end of the email. Congratulations, Akos, on on your catch. And and well-written. Good storytelling skills. Big fan. (laughs) (laughs) But congratulations from us to you. Also, we're very jealous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One day when they're not tied behind the adventure incense, I'll probably get one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, a question for you then. If if you knew that there was like a specific percentage chance that they would show up on a particular spawn, right? And let's say it was boosted at some event to like 10% chance a spawn. Would you actually go out and do the walk or would you still say no? Uh, you mean specifically if the Galarian birds had a higher chance of spawning? Yes. And yeah. You if, I it could was. Be, if I could be guaranteed like an encounter because of an event, I'd probably do it every day for that. Okay. So is it just like the uncertainty and the real like low, low, low chance to then get a low, low, low chance of catching it that you're like, why bother? Yeah. It just, it requires a very specific circumstances to play yeah and you're you're committing which if 15 minutes is not actually really a commitment but well you also have have to have somewhere to go yeah you, you know you gotta have somewhere to go and if you have somewhere to go you're probably already playing go anyways so you know it's kind of the catch-22 because the way the incense works you have to focus it if you don't you're not getting the most value out of it you're not encountering the most pokemon and you might miss out on the bird because you weren't paying attention and you yeah. were in the catch screen for another Pokemon for a split second. Or, you know, heaven forbid, like this has happened to me several times. I've gone out to do my Avenger daily incense and people are like, Oh, Chris is online. Let's send him uh, some invites to this raid that I know he wants to do. And you're right. So I miss out on like three adventure sync spots. <laughs> yeah. And that, that one, it really stings because basically when you use the adventure incense, that's all you can do. And 
it's good and it's bad. It's good because it gives someone something to do if they don't have something to do. But if you're an everyday player and you have something to do because you you play the game every day, you've made your own goals, it just works as a negative unless it's tied directly into your goal. It would be really cool if because this is a this is a specific type of incense, if when you were running it, the Pokemon just lined up behind you and followed your character around. That'd be hilarious. And so then you could clear that stack at the end or of whatever adventure or task you're doing, like at a raid or whatever. But then you could always like, you know, let it build up and you can have like a conga line of like 31 Pokemon behind you. <laughs> like, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> but like, oh, there's three Wurmples, like Galarian Zapdos and 12 more Wurmples. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I like the adventure incense, but I do think it could use some tweaks and it's not even related to the Galarian birds necessarily. Mm-hmm. It just so happens the Galarian birds are the reason to do it. For most people. Yeah, that's the chase. Yeah. But all the same, thank you very much for the email, Akos. Appreciate you. And uh, again, congrats. Our next and last email is from Kelvin. They said, hey, guys, how's it going? Hope you both had an incredible Christmas and New Year. Mine was all right. Chris, how was yours? Not usually a big fan of December, but it was all right. Yeah, mine was very uneventful for the most part. I've set myself some goals for 2023. First up is my live shiny decks. I'm currently sitting at 715 individual shinies, so I'd like to add 200 new ones. Ooh, I'm nice. sorry, what? Wait, okay. what? what? Do we, we don't even have 900 Pokemon in Go yet, do we? No. There's no way. Unless that's 715 regular shinies, but I think, Calvin, you're too hard a player for that to be regular shinies. <laughs> Not sure. We require a follow-up email, Kelvin. <laughs> I do. I need to know if that's know 715 too. unique shinies. Second goal is to spend less than 100 pounds on Pokemon Go. That's to cover GoFest and potential Safari Zones, etc. But the main part of this goal is to make 2023 the year of the single incubator grind. Uh, oh, My man. No. Uh, <laughs> I've been on the single incubator grind for... Uh, when did we go to L.A.? <laughs> Three months was, now, almost? Yeah, yeah. That was October, wasn't it? Uh, uh, no, it was after Thanksgiving, so it's been two months, but I oh, was okay. doing it before that. I, I pretty much haven't hatched eggs since GoFest. I just completely burned out. Never again. I've still been hatching. <laughs> like, average between, like, 30 to 60 a week. I hatch one to three a week. But more to the email. Third goal is to learn how to stream playing Scarlet and Violet for shiny hunts. Might even dabble in PvP and go, but I'll probably have to get good for that. Final goal is a simple one of happiness. Easier said than done, right? I'll have to keep my fingers crossed for that one. We can all, all feel, <laughs> okay. feel that one. Okay. <laughs> I've got a good feeling about 2023. Shiny, Hundo, Shundo, Shlundo, and Shadundo vibes to everyone in the <laughs> GoCast family. Shadundo, yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. Kelv drinks custard. Sorry for my first long email of the year. <laughs> I hope you sent this on the first. Uh, I can check, but I did not mark it. So uh, <laughs> let's pretend. Let's pretend like yes. <laughs> Great. I, again, we need clarification on that shiny decks thing, uh, because if that's accurate, first of all, way more unique shines than we thought were in the game. And holy cow. So 
I yeah. think I think this is total. I really do think that's total. Seven fifteen total. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I but do. like two hundred new ones. If you play each community day, I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's got to be total, right? But why mention the living decks? I don't know. It says to up my live shiny decks, so maybe it's just a general conversation about shinies. I don't know. I I would love <laughs> an update. Even if you only want to post it on Discord, Calvin, I need to know now. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Calvin, very much for your email. We appreciate it. Um, and if you would like to send us an email just like these fine folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. We've also got a voicemail line, which you can leave a voicemail to by calling 262-586-7717. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Visit our website for all things GoCastPodcast at GoCastPodcast.com. Uh, you can help support our show monetarily uh, via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCastPodcast. And a shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you so much to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Motters, Lee, Willem, Brandon, Ethan, Stephen, and Nick. Thank you so, so much for keeping the digital lights on. Uh, we appreciate your generous support. Oh, so very, very much. And if, you know, monetary support's not on the cards for you, just not something you're interested in, not something you do, you know, got a moral opposition to doing so, you can, of course, leave us a review, which is just as helpful in a lot of ways. So you can leave a review on pretty much any place that allows you to leave a review. Uh, you know, if you're on Spotify, the mobile app, you can leave a review there, et cetera, et cetera. Please do. It helps us out a whole lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in advance. Okay, Mr. Kyle, our last, our last thing to do here before we wrap up the episode is to set some goals. We've got Chessman Community Day this Saturday, so it'll be fun for the two of us to, to do that and do some shiny hunting. What are you looking at? All right. So my list of goals are 20 shiny chessmen, shiny rush ram. Again, I still have the whole week. We'll see how that goes. And to finish best buddying my shiny Gengar that I have sitting there from forever ago because I stopped doing buddy progress. Oh, why? Because the poffins? I, yeah, I mean, I'm almost out of poffins and I just haven't cared. It doesn't, okay. doesn't mean that much to me. Yeah. Uh, and, wait, hang on. It's chessmen and experience. Day. Sure is. We're doing two back to back, huh? Oh it's wait, no, 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 no. Chessman's no. hatched. It's distance, hatched distance. It's oh, hatched good. Distance. So I'm not setting a goal. Forget that. No eggs hatched at all. Okay, great. Okay, okay. Uh, for myself, I want to catch 25 shiny chessmen, hatch 100 eggs, and walk 50 kilometers. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a push for those last, but we'll see. We'll see how well Community Day treats me. <laughs> It'd be fun to set a goal of hatch zero eggs for this week, but unfortunately, I already hatched one yesterday, so I can't oh, do boo. that. Oh, <laughs> boo. Boo. <laughs> okay, I think that's pretty much it for the episode then. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to episode 220, especially all the way through. Uh, you are an elite group of people for sure. We hope that your new year is getting off to a good start, and we'll see you next episode next week for 221. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.